We've been talking about practice. I'm Bill Stevens, one of the pastors here at Ascent. I love it that you guys are here. We've been in the series a couple of weeks now of talking about the, the, the things that God has done in our life, the, 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 the characteristics of God that he's placed on us, and what are we doing with those? How are we, how are we actually letting those live out and how are we practicing those things and how are we putting into practice those things for the days that we're really going to need it. So, so we're going to talk through a little bit of that today. Before we do, I want to give you guys a little bit more. Um, I, I just want to add a little bit to what Beth was talking about with what's going to happen this next week. Baptism Sunday is a big deal for us in the church. And um, if for those of you that maybe haven't grown up in the church or maybe did and you didn't quite get it, and you're going, that baptism stuff, it's just this weird old ritual. And what's that? Uh, you know, I would never consider doing that myself. If you were in that place, you guys, here, this is the deal. This is what baptism is. It's a celebration of what God did for us at Easter. It's a celebration of, of God saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to the cross. I'm, I'm going to the grave. I'm, I'm rising from the grave. I'm ascending into heaven. I'm breathing life into everyone that believes that. I'm breathing life into you. And, and, and so, so death doesn't win, and sin doesn't win, and, and the shame that we might walk with, or the guilt that we might, might walk with. I mean, I grew up Catholic, and, and you know, the guilt that I walked with for a long time, he's going, man, I've wiped that away. You're as clean as snow, it's the way I see it. And then God has given us an actual way that we can, we can remember that, by, by, by going under the water and feeling that. It's not miraculous water. It's water in a hot tub. But it's, but it's you go into that water and, and, you, and you come back out and you're expressing to everybody that would care about it, which is anybody in this church, that, that, that God has done something to me on the inside and I want to express it on the outside. And, and so that's why, like next week, we will cheer, whether it's one person or it's 20 people that get baptized, when they come out of that water and they courageously stood in front of everybody and said, this is what's happening to me on the inside. God is breathing life into me. Then, then that we will cheer that. And we want to invite that for anybody. This was me in college um, when I went to, uh, to Philadelphia um, and, and Pastor Jenkins, this Methodist church in Philly was super powerful for me growing up and, and for me and my faith. And Pastor Jenkins uh, dumped me under the water and, and I got baptized there. And, and you guys, I came back home and, and my college pastor said, you know, Bill, you didn't need to do that because you already got baptized as an infant in the Catholic church. You didn't need to do that. And I told him, I said, you know what? I know I didn't need to. I just wanted to. I wanted to express to the people that, I, that cared a lot for me in Philly in, those, in those time, that time that I was in Philly, I wanted to express what God is doing on the inside and it was bursting on the inside and so I just had to do it. You guys, that's the invitation for any of you next week. I know it would take a courageous step for some of you to do it, but it's really, it, you'll remember it. I remember that day. You'll remember that day that you went underneath the water and, and, and you came out. And you're wearing a swimming suit. You come back out. You can wear a shirt. You don't have to show off your six-pack abs or anything. You can you just come out, and then you change into your church clothes, and you come back to church, okay? So, so man, if that's you, take a step. Take a leap. Take a courageous step and say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get baptized, okay? One more thing, it is Mother's Day, and so I got to say happy Mother's Day to my mom. I mean, I don't ever send a card to her. I just tell her, pay attention to church, and I'll give you a card. This is, this is, um, 
This is me and my brother and my mom. This is not a costume party, you guys. Um, I was Crockett, he was Tubbs, or I don't know which one was which, but, um, but I mean, the white pants, the peach shirt, the suspenders, the mesh shoes, we, that is what we wore every day in high school. My mom is awesome, best mom out there. Well, I guess you're in a weird spot. Is my wife the best mom or is my mom the best mom? I think they both are, they're tied. Uh, but, but happy Mother's Day, mother. I love you, and, uh, and she's going to be here next week. So my mom and dad are coming to visit, so I get to, I might even have her come up in front, and I'll introduce you to Phyllis Stevens, the, the one that had to put up with me her whole life. Um, all right, well, let's get going with what we're talking about today. Um, God is, there's all kinds of characteristics of God that is laid right in front of us that we can choose. I mean, Paul lays some of those out with the fruit of the Spirit, the things that are produced when God sets up shop within us. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, self-control. Those are some of the fruit of the Spirit of God. Now, we can't just assume that that just comes out any time. We can let those sit idle or we can start, start living that out and practicing those things. Well, the one that I'm talking about today is really difficult for me to talk about in this season of my life. We're talking about this profound concept that God gives us that we can choose joy in the midst of all that we go through in our life, all of our circumstances, that we can choose joy. And I want to talk about the practice of choosing joy. Now, you guys, some of you that have been around for the last four months know if I'm sitting out there and somebody else, if Aisha or Mo or Chris or somebody else came up here and they're saying, I'm going to do a sermon on, on choosing joy, I'm sitting out there going, yeah, right. You're going to tell me that after these last four months, I can choose joy? You're going to tell me that after I lost my house in a fire and we watched it happen on a newscast from Spokane and we got nothing out of the house and, and when my daughter goes screaming into the basement as she's watching the, the, the neighborhood go up in flames, you're going to tell me I can choose joy? You're going to tell me I can choose joy when that stages of grief go from that to, to just the overwhelmed feeling of trying to get back on your feet and the debris removal and insurance. You're going to tell me I can choose joy? You're going to tell me I can choose joy with this secondary grief that we're kind of all going through now? This, this kind of, you think you're over, but you're not over with it at all. And we accidentally, it happened like four times last week. Jackie and I are accidentally driving down McCaslin, turning on Christensen, driving down Andrew Drive. And you don't realize it until you're on Andrew Drive that you're going, what am I doing? We don't live here anymore. We can't. It's a hole. You know, are you going to tell me in that moment I can choose joy? I mean, it has not been joyful. And so, so what can you tell me? Now, now, on top of all that, now get ready. Here comes my real sad, sad story, okay? Um, on top of that, my daughter, who's five months pregnant... Um, decides that she and her husband are going to move to Spokane. And, and so now they're taking our grandkid away, which is super selfish of them. Um, and, and, they're, and, and you're going to tell me I'm going to choose joy there? I go to the doctor, 
and, and I get some blood work done, and I get a call from the nurse that says, uh, Mr. Stevens, you have some, a, a number of abnormalities in your blood that your doctor needs to talk to you about right away. That's not something you want to hear from the nurse, okay? And so I'm panicked about that, and I go in there, and he says, yeah, you know, it's not cancer, but here's what it is, you know? And he says, it's, it's, your, your triglycerides are way too high, and your, your, um, your, your red blood cell count is way off, and, and, and he's listing off a bunch of things, and I'm going, wait, wait, this makes no sense. 18 months ago, my blood, my blood was fine. I did a te- blood test 18 months ago. Everything's fine. And now you're saying all this stuff's all messed up. And he says, yeah. And he says, sometimes that can be caused by stress. Have you had anything stressful happen in the last 18 months? <laughs> so now I got to go on like a paleo diet for like three months to fix my blood from my stupid house burning down. And you're going to talk to me about joy and choosing joy. On top of that, Jackie and I finally got to, we left on a vacation, and my, our really good friends took us on this vacation, and it was like, oh my gosh, we finally get to just rest, and I got COVID in the middle of it. <laughs> you know, thank God the DR doesn't care that when you take that test at the end saying you got to make sure you pass, or you're quarantined for five days. We took it five seconds later, you're passed, you're, you're fine, and we went back, and we came back home and I took the test. I'm totally, I was totally positive. So, so I got COVID and I'm like, geez, and you're going to tell me to choose joy. And I'm going to say yes. Today, I want to talk about that. That how can we in the midst of our circumstances, no matter what they are, that we can choose joy. I'm not talking about happiness. See, happiness is the same, the same, the word happening and happiness share the same root. That's, a, that's the things that are happening to us. That's the stuff that happens. We will find sadness in that. We will find happiness in that. And, and, I'm not, and please do not hear what I'm going to say. I am not saying so just avoid sadness and just strive for happiness. Happiness is as a result of the circumstances in our life. And I've actually learned a ton from the sadness, from the grief that we've gone through. I've learned a lot. In fact, I'm even thinking about writing a book of just going, man, there's so many things that I'm learning about myself and my faith in the midst of the grief and sadness. I'm not talking about that. There's something deeper. There's a joy that's deeper that we can claim no matter what our circumstances are, and that's what I want to talk a little bit more about today. Father, I pray that, that this day you'll, you'll meet us through all of the emotions that we have, but then, God, speak to us to something even deeper that we will fight it. Some people in the room right now will fight it like I would be fighting it, saying that, that's, that doesn't apply to me. But I know, Lord, you have something in store for us, and I know you um, can teach us something about it, and we can even claim something that would actually truly help us in our perspective on this world, in the ways that we deal with other people, in the ways that we embrace you. So help us, Lord, to understand that today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay. Well, there's three resources that I've used as part of this, this um, as, as I've been, I'm in, I'm in process, you guys. This isn't something I learned a long time ago, and I'm just telling you what I learned. I'm in process with this. And a couple of resources helped me in this process. The first one is a book 
on this really small book called You Gotta Keep Dancing by Tim Hansel. Um, it's actually one of the few books that survived, this and my Bible, survived the fire because they were in my truck. Everything around my truck melted. My, 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 my F-150, 2003 F-150 that I so loved is totaled. Um, but on the inside was stuff that actually survived. The night before I left for Spokane, I took my clubs out and put them in a safer spot in my garage. And, I can, and, and as it turns out, that was not safe. But, but a Bible and Bill, you got to keep dancing was, was saved. Is God trying to tell me something? He's trying to tell me, give up golf and pay attention to this. Maybe, maybe he's trying to tell me that. I mean, you got, by the way, a total side note, yesterday we were at um, Lowe's for the 50% off sale that everybody in Louisville and Superior were at. So it was like a 200 person line outside. We were, we were, we went there. The guy that was right behind us, he, he saw the stuff that we had because we had to get everything in the store. And he saw all the stuff that we had and he's going, man, you guys are lucky. Look at all that stuff. And we said, well, you know, we lost our house in the fire. Total side note. This is a total tangent. Um, he said, I said, we lost all our stuff in the fire. He proceeded to say like the four um, worst things you say to somebody that lost their house in a fire. He just said, he goes, he goes, oh, you are so lucky then that this is 50% off. You're lucky. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, your house should have burned down too. You'd have felt that same luck. And, you know, and he's like, and he's like, and you could look at all this stuff you can get. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's good too. You know, and he said, he said something like, something like, you know, when God closed the door, he opens a window and you're like, wait, my door and window both burned down. So where does that one go? And then his final one was, was God's got a plan. And I wanted to turn to him right then, no joke, and say, I'm a pastor. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> anyway, 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 back to this. Where were we at? Where were we at? We were, um, you got to keep dancing. <laughs> Tim Ansel, he, he's a mountaineer, he's a, a, a mountaineering guide that fell down this crevasse and his spine shrunk a couple of inches and he's lived with, uh, with pain the rest of his life, chronic pain. And he wrote this book in the midst of it, in the midst of life's hurt, you can choose joy. And, and, I, I, I was inspired by this in 1994 when I read it for the first time. And I'm reading it now and I'm so inspired by what Tim says that in the midst of it, in the midst of all the pain, you can choose joy. So I've been, I, that's helped me. I, I picked up a book called Atomic Habits because if we're, if we're talking about practice and the habits that we need to develop, this is a phenomenal book, you guys. You gotta, you gotta pick this up, Atomic Habits. And then the third one was a... Um, was a podcast that a friend of our, a friend of mine, um, Emily Deardorff, who's, who's on our board at our church for just until just recently, um, Emily sent me this podcast, and it was with Brene Brown and and a woman named Karen Waldron, and and Karen's house went down in Hurricane Harvey, and and yet she's been pre- she's she's developed this practice of choosing joy in her life, and Brene just just unpack that with her. And it was super, super helpful for me. So those have been some of the resources that have helped me as I've processed it and what I'm going to be bringing to you guys today. Obviously, the other resource is this. There's all kinds of, of passages in here about joy. There's, there's, you see it throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament. But the joy that this is talking about isn't, it isn't around happiness, in fact, almost all of the passages that are around joy in the Bible, almost all of them are surrounded by awful circumstances. 
It's, it's really interesting when you read it and you read it within, within the, the context, there's hard stuff that's going on and God's talking about choosing joy. Now the joy that he's talking about is the joy that I was just talking about with baptism. It's a joy that is so deep within us because of what God has done for us. It's that love and the grace that God has poured out on us. It's his forgiveness that he's given us that's given us this life. And that's at a foundation of who we are. And that can come to the surface if we allow it to come to the surface. That there's a joy that we can, we can gain from that, from that truth of what God has done for us. There's a joy that can be gained from that that, 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 that trumps our circumstances, that no matter what happens in our life or no matter what, what, you, what you experience in your job or what you're experiencing at home or what you're experiencing through loss or what you're experiencing through longing, there's something that trumps it and that's this life that God has breathed into us, that God is with us and God is, is what Tim would say, is dancing with us. And so there's a joy that can still come to the surface even in the midst of all the stuff. Paul writes about this in Galatians. He says, he says, have some of you noticed that we're not yet perfect? No great surprise, right? What actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I've been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It's no longer important that I appear righteous before you or, or your good opinion, and I'm no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it's lived by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not going to go back on that. He's going, that's the joy that I have that allows me to write about choosing joy in the midst of all the circumstances that we have in our life because that truth will never, never be taken away and nothing will separate me from that truth is what Paul's talking about. And that allows us to then look at all those other passages that talk about joy in the midst of all of our trials and say we can choose it because it's something deeper Something that God has planted deep within that says, I'm with you in this and find joy in this life that I can breathe into you today. In Habakkuk, this Old Testament minor prophet that very few people read, in it, listen to what it says. And this is part of the Amplified Bible where the people that collected these passages also emphasized some things through some parentheses that they gave. It's, listen to what it says. It says, and remember, this was an agricultural culture that, that, was, that Habakkuk was writing from. He says, though the fig trees don't blossom and there's no fruit in the vines. That's us, you guys, in a lot of ways. Though the, yield, though the yield of the olives fail and the fields produce no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there's no cattle in the stalls. He's basically saying when the crap hits the fan. Yet I will, and this is the emphasis, I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will choose to shout in exultation in the victorious God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength my source of courage, my invincible army. He has made my feet steady and sure like hinds feet, steady and sure when the earth under us is shaken, which is, seems to always be happening. And he makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence on my high places of challenge and responsibility. 
It's choosing that joy, and that's why Paul can write in Romans 5 to rejoice in our sufferings, and, and why James can write in James 1, consider it all joy when I'm overwhelmed by trials. And the psalmist can write in Psalm 51, and Paul can write in 2 Corinthians, and my joy can be restored and increased. And then Paul can write to the people in Thessalonica that the will of God for me was to be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. You guys, it's God saying, I've given you something. And I've given you life right down to your core. And you got to let that bubble to the surface. And that will, that will be, be, go beyond whatever circumstances we face. Now, one of the things that Tim Hansel says in here that is powerful for me, and I think powerful for all of us, he says, you got to make, you got to make your theology your biography. You got to make your, the things that you learn in this place and the things you read about in scripture, you can't just read it and say, all right, I'm supposed to choose joy or whatever. You got to make that theology your story. That's got to be your narrative. Make your theology your biography so that when you're walking through this life and you're, and you're in the midst of all the stuff that I just described at the beginning, you could just go, man, I'm going to, in the midst of this, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to because it's my theology, but, it's, it, but I want it to be my biography. I want it to be my story. Tim starts this book with a poem, and you guys know how much I love poems, and so, um, so that's why I just I, I love looking at it. He says, he says this, he says, Giver of life, creator of all that is lovely, teach me to sing the words of your song. I want to feel the music of living, and, and I love this, and not fear the sad songs, but from them make new songs composed of both laughter and tears. Man, I love that because that's real. That's saying, I'm going to have sadness. I'm going to have grief. I'm not going to hide from that. I'm not going to co cover it with something just to make me feel better. I'm going to have sad songs. But he's saying, from them make new songs composed of both laughter and tears. He says, teach me to dance to the sounds of your world and your people. I want to move in rhythm with your plan and help me to try to follow your leading, to risk even falling, to rise and keep trying because you are leading the dance. And that's ultimately what we, what we recognize is not only has God breathed life into us, but he's leading the dance for us. And that's where he gets the title, you got to keep dancing. His definition of joy, I just love what he said about joy. He says this, joy is an attitude. Remember, it's not the emotion of happiness. Joy is an attitude, a posture, a position, a place. Joy is that deep, settled confidence that God is in control of every area of my life. It's not a feeling, it's a choice. It's not based on circumstances, it's based on attitude. It's free, but it's not cheap. It's a byproduct of a growing relationship with Jesus. It's a promise, not a deal. I love that. It's a promise, not a deal. I'm not saying that if you follow me, then here's what's going to happen. He's, no, it's a promise of God in his presence. It's something that, can, that can receive, we, can be, we can receive. No, it's, 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 it's availed to us when we make ourselves availed to him. It's something that can be received by invitation and by choice. It requires commitment, courage, and endurance. 
It's profound, you guys. If you really let it sink in, it's profound. That in the, in the midst of the stuff that you're going through at work and some of the sadness and injustice that you would feel in it, that you can actually choose a joy today. It's profound that, that when you're struggling with your kids and you can't seem to find any sort of, of okay, we're finally on the same page, that you can still choose joy in it. It's profound for me that through these last four months that I can actually choose joy. Now, what Tim says is the opposite of that. He says, he says, he says the opposite of it is misery. And he says, you can choose that too. He says, pain is inevitable. Misery can be optional. We cannot avoid pain, but we can avoid joy. God has given us such an immense freedom that he allows us to be as miserable as we want to be, which is so, so true. And you know, you know what? I've been thinking about that over these last four months, and I know, I know it when I'm choosing misery. I know when I am. I was, I was sitting down one time to journal, and, and I... And I as I started to write, all I could think of is those 10 or so journals that burned in the fire. And I thought about all the emotion that I poured out in those journals. I thought about when I wrote about Jackie Sylvie and how much I liked her and wanted to marry her. I remember writing about, about when we had our, our kids and how overwhelmed I was when we had Ella and how I thought I was just going to drop her and break her. That's all I could think of as a young dad. And, and so I, I remember writing that stuff down. I remember writing what it was like for me to consider leaving college ministry after 20 years and start a church. I remember what it was like for me to, to, to write out when Jim, uh, my, my co-lead pastor, when it was time for him to go and, and just going, okay, we're going to keep moving forward. How are we going to keep moving forward? And I wrote all those things out in there. All the journey of my own life of faith is in all those journals. And they're all burnt, they all burned in the fire. And so when I started to journal, I couldn't. And I got frustrated. And I put my pen down. And truly, one day, I chucked the journal across the room. And I thought, I want to do it again. What good is it? I lost all that stuff. Now, there's, a, there's grief and emotion in that. No, i got to experience that. But there's misery that I can choose by continuing to live in that and saying I'm never going to pick a pen up again. Any of you guys that have, have, have struggled with love and have had broken hearts or maybe was in a marriage that just ended up struggling to the point of divorce and now you're saying I never want to love again. I never want to put myself in that place again. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go through that again. And while there is deep sadness and pain, am I also choosing misery? For me, with, with photos, you guys, that's one of the big ones for me. All the photos that we lost. Jackie's sister went around and tried to collect up a bunch of pictures for us. My parents have a bunch of pictures for us. And they show us these super cute pictures of our kids. And all we could think of is, yeah, but it's not that one. Yeah, but it's not that one. Remember that one that Maggie was so cute in? It's not that one. Yes, she's really cute in that one, but it's not that one. Am I choosing misery? 
Rather than seeing some of the, the real the, the joy and the, and, the, and the provision of the Lord in that, am I choosing misery at that point? See, sometimes we, are, we, we know we're choosing misery. Now, you guys, look, I know I'm walking a fine line here. I know I am. Because I know that for some people, there are times in your life where you're not, you don't, you, it's not about choosing misery. Misery has chosen you. And you can't get out of that. This, is, this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I know there are some of you in this room, and I know there are people all around me that some of you struggle in that area of mental health. And, that you, and, and there, there's, there's a pain there, and there's a misery has chosen me there. And I cannot just talk that out by saying, oh, depression's just going to go away. Man, we know that that's, that's where you, we recognize you, we walk with you, we know you, there's help that's there, we know therapists and counselors and, and are, are there, and we want to be able to walk with you in that. We know that medication can help in those areas. We know, we know that for some of you, there's, you're in that place of misery, and you're going, I can't get out of it. In fact, we even, have, we even have resources right there at our info table on the other side of the curtain right there for any of you that know somebody or that you're going through that in, with mental health. And we, we just know, just hear us. We're walking with you in that. We, we see you and we're walking with you in it. But for me, I know that in my life over these last four months, I have chosen misery at times. God is saying, man, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of what, God gets so much joy in what he's done for us and through us and breathes life into us for now and for eternity. And that's, that's, the, that's our strength, that joy that then we can have as well. And I want, that, I want that theology to be my biography. Now I told you there was another resource, another resource that's in here as well. That was this conversation that Brene Brown was having with Karen Walrond. And, and, and I loved it because, because Brene was saying, how did you avoid misery? You lost your house in Hurricane Harvey. How did you avoid misery? And she said, I have been practicing joy for a really long time. She said, there was a, a time where I was struggling. I decided I was going to take a picture once a day of something beautiful, once a day for 30 straight days. And she said, it reminded me that there's something else there besides what else, everything else I'm seeing. And it was bringing that right to the surface. And she even said this. She said, she, said, um, she said, people sometimes say, man, I'm so glad 2021 is done. And now I'm finally into 2022 because 2021 was such a miserable year. And she said, give me your phone. And she said, let me go through some of your pictures from 2021. I bet you there might even be some really cool things that happened in 2021 too. But maybe we missed it. And maybe we kind of chose misery and we missed it. I was listening to that, what she was talking about, you guys, and I just stopped, and I went to my phone over these last four months, because I've told some of you, you've asked me how I'm doing, I'm saying it's been miserable. I've, and then I went back and looked at the last four months, and oh my gosh, I could show you 30 pictures. I'm just going to show you a couple of them. This was on my phone. This is me and my beautiful wife on the beach in, in Punta Cana before I knew I had COVID. So I so so... I mean, there's something that's, that's beautiful in that. You know, later it wasn't so beautiful, but that was great at that moment. Keep going. I got to go quicker. This, this is one of those Hello Freshes. You guys remember back in January, I told you Hello Fresh kept delivering to our door and our, old, and our hole in the ground. And they wanted Jackie to, they wondered why she can't meet them out front of our hole in the ground to get Hello Fresh, you know. 
but we got another one and our rental and me and the girls are trying to cook dinner because Jackie wasn't there. That I'm smiling, they're going, dad, where's mom? You know, that's what it is. But there was something joyful about that. Keep going. Gonzaga Bulldogs, even though it sucked in the tournament, I wrote to them and told them I lost all my Gonzaga stuff and they sent me those sweatshirts. I mean, not your Kentucky, North Carolina, all that crap colleges you guys all root for. They wouldn't do that like Gonzaga does. Okay? So keep going. This is my, my, two of my grandkids at the zoo. And that little blue thing that, Br- that Bryn's about to eat, that's cotton candy. That's the first time she's ever had cotton candy. Do you remember the first time you put cotton candy in your mouth? It's weird. And then you go, but dang, it's good. That was what happened with, with Bryn in that moment, man. And then this last one, you guys. This is the Avs game. Someone gave us tickets to the Avs game. My daughters have become Avs fans. My youngest daughter that wants nothing to do with sports, she was watching the Nashville game in overtime and she was cheering when we scored the goal to go up to win 2-1. to one. My daughters have become hockey fans. How weird is that? You guys, I look back and I go, has it been miserable? It's been hard over these four months, but that's just some of what we see, 20 pictures of joy-filled moments. And are we stopping, recognizing it, seeing it? That's what Karen's talking about is of learning a practice that helps to see that God is still dancing. He t- she told us three things, three things that, 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 we can remember, that we can do in our lives, three things that can help us in the midst of of choosing joy over, over misery, okay? These three things. She says, how can I feel connected today? She said, how can I feel healthy today? And how can I feel purposeful today? Ask those three questions every single day. The worship team could come on up because I'm just, just about finished, but with each one of those. How can I feel connected today? Now, what she did is she brought in some of the stuff from Atomic, atomic Habits. Make it easy. Make it attractive. Make it something you want to do. How did I feel connected today? Because she's recognizing if you, if you choose isolation, that can lead to misery or misery can lead to isolation. So how did you feel connected today? And what she says is just make one phone call. Make one phone call to somebody every day, whether it's five minutes or an hour, make a phone call to somebody to stay connected. Today, call your mom, okay? But stay connected. The second one was, how can I feel healthy today? And she said, make it easy. Don't say I'm gonna go run a marathon. She said, go choose a glass of water instead of a Diet Coke. Choose something healthy that I said today. I did that because when we start to to neglect this, Misery can follow, or if misery is settling in, we fully neglect this. And then she said, how can I feel purposeful today? She said, it could be something simple. Just learn something today. She said, she said maybe your heart breaks over the Ukraine and the invasion on the Ukraine. And she said, go in line and just learn where the Ukraine sits. <laughs> you did something purposeful. That's why it's so great to just spend a little bit of time in the Word. You've done something purposeful. That's why it's so great to pray and pray for somebody else. You've done something purposeful because a lot of times we start to lack purpose and misery sets in. You guys, I want to adopt these things. 
I want to learn these practices. I, I need to in, in the stage of life that I'm in right now. I, I want I to recognize the difference between sadness and misery. I want to be able to embrace my sadness and go, this is a thing that I, I am sad about, but I don't have to choose misery in it. I want to recognize the difference between happiness that maybe I won't be happy today as I spent the entire day with my adjuster trying to do the itemizing of our house, but I'm going to choose joy. And I'm going to learn how to do that. And I want to practice it because I know, I know the earth will shake under my feet. And I have to practice this. There's always gonna be something else. I was just at my son's house with our two grandkids and he says, dad, we can't afford a house in Colorado so we're looking at someplace in the United States. And I'm going, you are not. You're staying right here. I gotta, this stuff will shake under our feet. And I have to learn how to practice this for the next time that my feet are shaking under me. To be able to stand on something that is strong that will give me joy. We're talking about practice. It takes effort. It takes us stepping into this more. But God is saying, I'm gonna meet you there. I'm gonna breathe life into you there. I'm gonna give you something that's gonna go beyond all of what you're going through. I want to learn that some more. Father, I pray that in, in, in our days, in all the things that each one of us are going through, God, I want to raise up every one of the things. Each row, I could go by each row and ask each, one, each person what their thing is that is bringing them pain and sorrow and sadness. And, and God, in that moment, I know each one of us can fall to a direction of misery. And God, I want to pray that you would... You'd intercept it at that moment and remind us of the joy that you bring us through the life that you breathe into us. And I pray that in these moments, we can, can recognize, grab hold of, and that you give us the strength because it's your joy, your joy that gives us strength, that you would give us the strength to choose joy. And then tomorrow, we look at a picture, we see the beauty, we remember to take care of ourselves and we remember to connect with somebody else. And I would pray that you'd, you'd remind us of the of purpose in our life and, and from that, we'd find joy again. And the next day, we pick it up again. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to choose joy today. It's in your name we pray, amen.